This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. This is our post-match show of Holmes' 3-2 loss to Everton. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell, who's a little bit under the weather, so he's going to do his best during the show, and Giannis Janais. So, guys, let's not waste any time. It's been a few days. Emilio and I did our full-time show with Fulham legend Rob Wilson. We had some really good discussions, but I want to talk about this match in a little bit more detail. So, Giannis, I'll go to you first. Get your opening thoughts on the loss from Sunday. I wouldn't. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall at half time. <laughs> I mean, Scotty would have been absolutely fuming. I mean, you, you're 40 seconds in, you're a goal down. Yep. And uh, <laughs> hair dryers, forget that, bricks, um, to, to go 3 1 down. Second, uh, first half, you know, they've taken the lead. We've done well to get back into it. And then um, they've gone 3-1 up. They've opened us up again. And then we're chasing the game in the second half. Uh, we've played better. Yes. Yet another penalty. Ugh. We're going to talk about that, Giannis. <laughs> and then Loftus-Cheek gets one back. And uh, yes. we're huffing and puffing. And overall, I mean, it's some good stuff. But again, Parker, uh, it must be pulling his hair out. Just you prepare for you prepare for a game. It's been international break, and then within a minute you're a goal down, and it's sloppy and it's soft. And um, he'd have been very, very upset at halftime. I, I'd have, I'd have paid good money to have been in that change room. Well, Giannis, what's interesting is that if you uh, watch on the form website his commentary after the match, he talks about what he, you know he doesn't go into specifics what he said at halftime, but he said 
basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, why does it take a, a talk at halftime to get my team to play the way that he wanted them to play in the second half? I, again, paraphrasing, but he obviously said something to them. And he also mentioned he made a tactical change at halftime. But it, it goes back to this. Um, Emilio, I'm going to go to you because we, we talked about this with Rob mm-hmm. on full-time. Decision-making, and especially at the beginning of these matches, the decision-making in the first half was horrible. So I want to get your open thoughts, but let's talk about this because, again, Yanis brought up a great point. It must have been a very interesting halftime talk. So what is going on at the beginning of these matches, especially against Everton? And, you know, and I want to give full credit to Everton. Did we give them too much respect? Did we just try just to play our way and we just were not up to the same tempo as Everton? We just made silly errors that just cost us dearly. And to go down so early, it's just so hard to come back from. They did, but again, it just wasn't good enough. And as you said before we started the show is that, you know, again, it's crosses. You know, it's it's basic stuff, Emilio. It is, and you know, <clears throat> you know how many games have we gone one goal down early on? Arsenal at home, first game of the season. <clears throat> Aston Villa at home, same thing again, early early goal that we conceded. We're putting ourselves on the back foot time and time again, and you know, the, we're not Man City where we can play from the back. You know, I know what Scott Farger's trying to do. You know, we've said it many times. This is his philosophy. This is the way he wants to play. And, you know, we're not quite there yet. You know, the cross, you know, the, the ball we gave away for that first goal. You know, catalog of disasters there, you know. Terrible. Cross the ball, play it down the, down the line, pump it into the, into the opposing half. No, you cross, you cross it into your own half. Bobby really loses possession. One few seconds later, one nil down. And, you know, suicidal, to be honest. But aside from the three, I know it's conceded three sloppy goals, three basic defending mistakes, although Overton were very slick and passed the ball very neatly. And we, you know, we need to give them credit. I gave them credit on yes. Sunday. I mean, they, did, they are... They are a top six team the way they've got. They've got some world class players. I totally agree with that. But there were moments in that first half after we equalised, we were on top. We were on top of that game. One one. We had a chance, a break. I said on Sunday, Lamina like, fluffed the ball or he got it stuck on his feet. We lost that momentum. We lost a three on three opportunity. A few minutes later, Everton go and score the goal. So those moments can change game. So aside from very poor start. And from half an hour onwards, very poor. There was a spell in that in that first half. We were dominating. We equalised. Bobby Reed should have done better before he equalised. He had a, he had a, he fluffed a shot. That could if he scored it even earlier. Who knows? But we were on top at one point. But we didn't capitalise. You don't take your opportunities, or you don't take your half chances. You pay the price against a top six team, and that's what happened. So defending, you know, Scott Parker addressed it at half time. But let's not forget. There was a 10, 15-minute spell in that first half. I thought we played neatly, held ourselves very well against a top team with world-class players and matched them, and if not superseded the quality of football they played. So it wasn't all doom and gloom. If we cut out no. those mistakes, we wouldn't have been 3-1 down. So, no, That's a good point. And back over to you. <clears throat> I want to get your thoughts on, on what Emilio just shared because we also talked about this on full-time. When you look at the match and you look at how Fulham played, say, compared to two seasons ago, this match, they could have lost five or six to one. So there is, I want to say, you could see a difference between two seasons ago. Would you agree with that? Where not only are we in these matches, but as Emilio mentioned, there was some dominance from us 
in points of the match against a team that I truly believe are a top six team. This is a good team with a lot of talent. And then the second half is completely different where I thought we were the better side. Overall, I think Everton were the better side and deserved all three points. But honestly, Fulham were in this match and in several matches two seasons ago, we wouldn't have been in it. So there is a little bit of a change here. And I'm seeing a different Fulham side. And I'm actually encouraged coming out of this, and I've said this before, that uh, I think Fulham have a very good chance of staying in this division because they are playing tough to these teams that are better than them. They Again, they're not getting the points, and we need to get the points. But we will be judged over the course of the season against the teams around us. That's where we'll really need to get the points. But I want to get your thoughts on what I'm talking about and also what Emilio shared. Well, isn't it four of our defeats have been by one goal? Yes. Um, and and Emilia's absolutely right in, in terms of what Robert said. Uh, Decision-making. I mean, yes. I mean if Scott, Scotty's probably thinking, can I find some brain cells moving here in the first? You know, you, you get them ready for the game. You do the warm-up. You go out in the field. You do all your little formalities. But as soon as you cross the white line, it's the 11 players. Mm-hmm. And... What Adebayor is thinking, spraying a 40-yard cross-field ball from left back Mm. to your right back, putting him in a really difficult spot. And it was, I think Aina did really well to recover to get the the header back in. Yes. And yes, okay, was it his first touch that they could ever read down? Was it a pass? But it stemmed from that pass on Mm. that left. He had no, he he could have used that areola behind him. He could have played it down the line. And if you lose it there, so you give away a throw. But now you're 40 seconds down. And it was so comical that when the ball came in from Richarlison, Calvert-Loon sort of miskicked it. He, he got there just ahead of the ball, but his, it looked like the, his back foot clipped, the ball clipped mm-hmm. his back, and then the front foot and went in. It was it was comical. So you got decision-making is just... Yes. You know, if you step off a cliff, there's only one, one way you're going to go, and that's down. <laughs> And it felt like that. What was Adebayo? And I think he's been he's been super for us. But yes, what was he thinking? And as, as Scott, I'd be going, "Oh, get me out of here! This, this is nonsense." But of course, it's stuff like that that then gets the old Scotty haters on Saturday night, on Sunday night, yeah. and Monday morning, get him out of air and all this. How do you legislate for for, for decision making like that? You, you can't. And I felt terrible for him. And yet again, we go. I mean, are we? That inept that we make Alex Awobi look world class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, mm. for, what was that? that was the, that was the third goal, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And there was the if you if you go back and look at the replay, take a look at the non challenge by Caballero. You have to see it to believe it. it it's I just, hear you, Giannis. It, it was you know, like oh. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, and and I'm glad that we're talking about Scott Parker, we're talking about the players because when you lose this, you know, and again, I will say this, what was he thinking in the opening stages of this? You know, because you can do all the planning, right? Right. And then it's up to the players at that point. But, you know, I do want to say, like I said, he, when I watched the video, he talked about what he said at halftime and he's basically saying, I shouldn't have to say this to them Mm -hmm. to get a reaction out of them at halftime. I'm paraphrasing. Because the, the decision-making comes down to the players. So we could talk about the coaching, and we can be critical of Scott Parker, but he's not out there. It's the players making these decisions. So 
maybe, you know, and again, I've heard criticism of this, Giannis, and I agree with this. And I believe Tony Gale might have mentioned this on the broadcast. Early in the stages of these matches, why aren't they just kicking it long instead of trying to play the way that, you know, again, the way that I know Parker wants to play? Why can't they mix it up a little bit more? Maybe that's on Parker. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the only thing that I will I'll give Everton credit here. I mean, Adebayo is only 21 years of age. He's young and he's and as a defender. It yep. takes longer to mature. And I thought Everton did it that first couple of minutes. Ancelotti's obviously said, okay, let's press him high. Right, exactly. And then, and then as a result of pressing high, we've created the mistake. But, but you're right. If you know they're going to press high, then just, just relieve the pressure. And exactly. They, they just and they rely on your defense. Give yourself five, ten minutes to get settled. Look at the Palace game. I mean, um, where um, we did go on the front foot, but we tried too many pretty patterns, and then all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. Takes one piece of quality. Zahar unlocked us, and it was in the back of the net. Adebayo probably got an earful from Sky, but uh, he'll learn from that. Um, it, of greater concern, in a way, is the fact that we got unlocked on that right-hand side. So, obviously, Tete's injured, and he's not back for a little while. Yeah. So, you know, Ina is in there, and, you know, he's Did done... Did not have a good game. There's no question. No, he didn't. Dina, Dina roasted Dina, Yes. Look at Dina roasted him. Uh, and so you've got this, unfortunately... Um, we we ran into problems, but then again, I don't I don't I don't rate Everton's back four particularly. No, no neither do I. Yeah, so it's they were there for the taking. Yeah, they're there for the Yeah, their defense. You know, it's funny because I talked to Richard Bucks and he told me outright that's their weakness and that Fulham could potentially take advantage of it, and they did, but just not nearly enough. But Emilio, I want I want to go back to you because again, we're talking about decision making, right? Mm-hmm. And as Giannis mentioned. The coach of uh, Everton, Ancelotti, is probably telling them let's press them and, and, and see how they mm-hmm. react to it. Is it fair to criticize Parker for not telling his players, hey, listen, you know, mix it up a little bit? Because mm-hmm. I know I know they want to play a certain way, and maybe it's been drilled into them. So yeah. what are your thoughts about what Giannis just shared? And also, I again, on the broadcast, they're talking about why not kick it long, especially early in these matches, Emilio. Yeah, and it, I always go back to the – when I met him last year, it was, it was October last year at Craven Cottage. I, I challenged him about his approach, his philosophy yeah. of football. And he told me his brand of football is, a, is playing from the back, keeping possession, be patient, and carve out opportunities. He, he, he didn't change that philosophy last season. No, he, he didn't. In the Premier League. So that's his philosophy. That's the brand of football he wants to play in. Let's, let's not be overly harsh with this team, to be honest. I think, like Yannis said, We've lost by the odd goal. That's right. Games. We've competed in most of those games and we've deserved more than zero points. West Ham, it comes to mind. Sheffield yep. United, we should have got all three points. Absolutely. Palace, I don't think we deserve to get anything from that game. Wolves, to be honest, we gave them a run for their money. We didn't create much. But we, we, but we there are positive signs, Amelia. There were signs there. So we've said it. Two seasons ago, we'd have lost those games two or three nil. We did lose three nil against West Ham two seasons ago. We lost 5-1 to Arsenal, you know, and after, you know, drawing parity at Craven Cottage. So there are promising signs. I know it doesn't, not bodes well that we haven't got points on the board, but beat the teams around you, compete against the teams around you. That's where we're going to get the chance to survive. Totally agree. I'd rather we beat Burnley than beat Everton. But we've given Everton a run for their money for, for maybe 45 minutes of the second half. 
and 10 minutes of that, 50 minutes of that first half. So we were two years ago, we would have been a 986 7 1 in that game. You know, so let's be frank, we have improved. We are trying to play a decent brand of football. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not Scott Parker's biggest fan, as you know, but you can't go second managers every two minutes. No. This is a squad he's got. He's got a new back line. They're slowly coming together. But, you know, the basic defending mistakes, fine. But we're playing against Everton, for goodness sake. We're playing against a top six team. Absolutely. Do those mistakes against Aston Villa when we're now playing in more form. If we play Aston Villa today, I guarantee you we'll get at least a draw. I totally agree, Emilio. You said that on full time. I completely agree with you. Let's let's take some courage from this. Yes, it's zero points, but we're getting closer and more competitive in games. And we're playing against Everton. Our was it? Our you know possession rate was still quite high. So it's not all doom and gloom. And I know the fans want to see points on the board, but you know there's still hope. There's worse teams out there. There's worse teams there. We just need to compete. And snatch some points against the top six teams, but beat the teams around you. So we are, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not not despondent, but yep. I, you know, forget the next few games. The next two games, if we get anything great, <laughs> beyond that. Right, beyond exactly. That. Exactly, yeah. Emilio. And like I've said, you know, I truly feel more confident that Fulham hmm. can stay in this division because hmm. I think that there are th- three worse teams than them, and hmm. only time will tell if I'm right. Yeah. But I see encouraging signs, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about that. Okay, guys, let's talk about the starting 11. We actually have some comments, and everyone watching live, feel free to uh, keep the comments coming. I'll try to share a couple of them. So, Giannis, I'll go to you first. Again, some interesting decisions on the starting 11. What were your thoughts? Well, um, the, the first one was Mitra. Mitra started the playoff game in Scotland. Then, of course, missed a penalty in that game. And then he didn't play the following game, but he was made captain, I think, against Russia. Um, but there's a fair amount of travelling there. Uh, Angisa has been in the African Nations Cup, so I think he's. I'm not sure that they had knocks. He's probably gone well. Just rest them. I, I think that's okay. Um, it was good to see Lamina back. I looked at um, Caballero and just scratched my head, mm-hmm. and I'm going to I'm going to continue to do that because I have no. Um, uh, he's conning a living. As far as I'm concerned, he's conning a living. When there's when we um, we acquired Cavier and, and, and Knockhart, and, and there's been obviously lots of opinions. About this. The person I would have got rid of was Cavier because at least Knockhart knew how to defend, and that's one part of his game. I think see, I actually good. agree with that, Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. I totally it's, agree with that. Why did they let Knockhart go and keep Cavallero? I would great point. I wouldn't use Cavier as a, as a as a as a as a corner flag. I think he'd still get it wrong. I mean, I mean, and that penalty just about summed it for me. He's been he's been of little value to his team. I'm not sure the thinking uh, behind starting him. Um, I really, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I it mean, was tactical. That's for Scott Parker. It was tactical, but yeah, I think we're all yeah. scratching our heads when you know when he, we, we, that starting lineup was yep. was before. No, he's, he's got. I, I, he's he's um, right now. It, it just it's. He'd come, he'd come third in a two-horse race. I mean, it, that penalty, that penalty, well, I mean, yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's um, that was the only part that I, I understood about Mitra and Angisa. But the, the cover here, I thought, oh, crumbs. Like, okay. here, here we go again. Okay, very good. Emilio, your thoughts. And then I'm going to share an interesting comment from someone that's watching with us live. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised Mitra was rested. In, in inverted commas, I think we would, 
I think, to be honest, he's, he's, he's had a poor run of form. His international game performances last couple of weeks weren't particularly strong. He missed another penalty. Confidence is low. So I don't think we missed him. I think we missed the physical presence of Anguissa. That was my yes. concern when I saw the chart. I totally agree with that. You know, for me, you know, okay, he did have the best of second halves when he came on, but I don't think we would have been demolished in midfield the way we were. It was too easy to break us through the middle of the park in that second, in that first half. How many, four, how many runs did Everton make right through central midfield into the penalty area? Where was a challenge? Where was a fight? Where was a courage? We didn't have any of that. So I think we missed Anguissa quite significantly. He was the biggest loss for me when the okay. run, when the starting 11 started. Why Cavalero was on the pitch, I agree with Giannis. God, God knows. I'm scratching my head even now thinking about that. When do we start to give Loftus-Cheek more game time? That's the thing. Well, we're going to talk about him in a little bit because you know, when we talk about the second half, I want to get your thoughts about you know. Loftus-Cheek because he was uh, very bright mm. when he came on, and, and uh, I'll ask the question mm. when we get to the second half. Can Kearney and him coexist in a, in a central midfield? So I I want mm. to save that to a little bit later because it's an mm. interesting thought, Emilio, because <clears throat> Loftus-Cheek really played well. Yeah, and to be honest, he's he's head and shoulders over many of our plays in that pitch. On a, on a good day, when he's fit, free for injury, he hasn't. He's no he's no mug. He's played a number of no. games at the international level. He's played for a you know a top team, a local team in in London. So he's he's he doesn't become a bad player overnight. So to be honest, you know we're blessed to have someone of his quality in his team. We've got to start using him. He may have the odd game here and then, not up to scratch. But yep. if he's fit, we've got to play him. You know, he's, you know, we we're all all applauding the fact when we signed him, you know, on loan. Yep. It was a big plus for us. So um, we've got to keep, got to start playing him now. And I think his performance in the second half will warrant a starting position in the next game. Okay. Very good there. I'm going to share this. This, this oh. is an interesting comment here, Emilio, because again, we have not seen this player for a while. <laughs> okay. Should Joe Bryan be back in the starting 11? Let me just say, I don't think he should be in for Anthony Robinson. I think Anthony Robinson mm. has made it his, okay? Mm. The question is, can you play them together, especially a team that attacks the way that Everett's in play? So can you play him further up the pitch along with Anthony Robinson? I think in certain situations mm. you can. They've, they've done it already. Yeah, I think potentially, you know, I wouldn't. You know, Robinson didn't have a spectacular first half, but then nobody else. He was did. better in the second half. Better in the second half. Final ball could have been a bit better. I think his final distribution was a bit harried at time, a bit hurried, and maybe not as not as effective as it could have been. But overall, I don't think he one bad game doesn't warrant him being dropped. For example, you know, so I, so can they both play in the starting eleven? Yes, they can. But I think you've got to. It's all about tactical, yeah. Yep. You, you know, if you've got. Teams who like to press forward like Everton do, then you need someone with Joe Bryan's quality with his left foot, get good balls in the box. And that's what we missed yep. on Sunday. You know, Everton, we said early on, so Everton, three yep. crosses into the six-yard area, three goals. We do, right. Our quality of distribution is often a bit lightweight. We haven't got that Ryan Fredericks, decent quality block, ball into the box where you can pick your, your, your strikers or you actually put your opposition under, under a lot of pressure. That's that's a problem for us. It's good build-up play, good link-up play at times. Even in that first half, when we equalise, good build-up, good passing. Yep. We held the ball well, but where's that cutting edge? Where's that ball that's going to cause a defence problems? You know, we, we, we cause our own problems, our own damble by suicidal defending. But if you don't put the pressure on the opposing defence, you're not going to get those breaks, are you? So for me, it's 
quality of distribution has always been, has been lacking since yep. we lost Ryan Fredericks, realistically. Well, what will be interesting is when Kenny Tete returns, because I think his cross, mm. we've already seen it, is very good. And to mm. Edward Severin's uh, point here that I put up here, I would like to see Anthony Robinson and Joe mm. Ryan play together. We need some crosses <clears> in the box. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with him on, on that, Amelia. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point about yeah. we're not getting we're not getting Edward enough balls into the box. No, nope. get the ball into that six yard box, cause a nuisance, cause it to, the goalkeeper to flap, cause the defenders to make a mistake. But if you're if you're causing you're passing outside a box and not being you know having enough cutting edge or those key passes splitting a defense, we're not. How many opportunities are we going to create? That's the problem. We don't. We're not. We're not creating enough direct opportunities. It's all. It's about passing, passing, passing. But you saw yep. that second half when we got the three two all that possession, but we still weren't able to carve out any clear-cut opportunities. Exactly. Exactly, Miller. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a very good point, and uh, I'm <clears> glad <throat> that, that, that we are discussing that because, again, I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's valid to talk about. And uh, I just want to share one more comment from our friend in Spain. I think you're going to appreciate this one mm-hmm. because, this, Chris, I think we're all on the same wavelength. This is our, our friend mm-hmm. in Spain. Keep the faith. We are improving. Yeah. We can survive. And I'm there with Chris, and I'll keep on saying this because I see improvement. And yeah. I think it's okay to say that, that Fulham are getting better. We're not getting the points, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I, yeah. I am a glass half full person. You know that, Emilio. But I definitely see us pointing in the right direction. And it sounds like you agree with me on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... um it's not all doom and gloom. Whilst there's teams around us who are worse off than us, West Brom are worse than us. Sheffield United, I predicted before the season started, they'll, they'll struggle this season. So, you know, it's three from four teams, three from five teams. But we need to stop keep picking up. It goes without saying, once we get these three next three games out of the way, we've got Brighton, we've got games that are winnable, and we've got to take advantage of that. And then we yep. can judge it by the end of the year no more points on the board, then we can be a little bit more doom and gloom. But I think there's still an opportunity to to salvage the situation, give us every chance to stay in this division. Totally agree, my friend. All right. Let's now break down this match. Hopefully, uh, Giannis will be rejoining us. Uh, he had to drop off for some reason. Hopefully, we will be seeing him in just a bit. So coming up next, Emilio and I will be breaking down the first half and second half and talk about some other key moments in the match. All right, Emilio, let's get to let's just uh get your first half analysis. Again, we'll we can we did this on full time, so let's get right to it. Let's talk about the first Everton goal. It literally just started mm-hmm. right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So give me your thoughts. We we've already basically talked about it, but share your thoughts on the first Everton goal. Yeah, just just basics, really. Any mistakes? You know, this, the crossfield pass from from Adibrayo, that was just suicidal. You know, probably Reed could have done better with his first touch. And but again, it was basics. We hadn't even settled. We even had, didn't have time to even breathe. Funny, one forty seconds into the game, Everton one 0 up. But it was our own doing, to be honest. Just, you know, we've got nobody else to blame but ourselves. You can't blame Scott Parker for that. It's just basic, no. basic defending. But again, fans have gone to Scott Parker's back. We're very much around the fact we haven't got the right quality of players to play from the back. Then that we're going to make mistakes. But then, again, we have to respect that. It's, that's his philosophy. That's the way he wants to play. Right. You know, you know, then sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Unfortunately, we our mistakes and we got punished by a very good team. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And and Fulham were 
on the back foot very early on, and my hands went up. It was early in the morning, Giannis, and I was just thinking, this is going to be a long day. But the Fulham's credit, they answered. And, again, I, I want to go to you because let's talk about Bobby Decadovery getting the equalizer. And for me, this is huge. And, again, we're looking – I'm looking, I should say, more big picture. I want to see – a response. We saw a response. And, and again, we will talk about the other two goals in the first half given up. But I think it's huge to talk about the response from Fulham after giving up that early goal. And I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. they scored the goal, but it's so early. Let's see how Fulham respond. And I thought they responded well, Giannis. Your thoughts on the goal and how Fulham responded? Yeah. Um, if I'd have been Ancelotti, I'd have been really pissed because mm-hmm. the, the same way as they opened us up, we opened them up. That, exactly. Okay. Um, there was a lovely interchange between Reed and Kearney, and then Kearney knocked a lovely ball. It was a good little run by Deckard over Reed, and they just their defence seemed to stop. And he's finished it well, and um, we're right back in it. And again, the Deckard over Reed haters are out there, as you know, and you know I'm big on the lad. He, his work rate is very good, and um, you know what? Um, his conversion rate is good as, as well. That's and right. so all of a sudden we're back in the game. You know, we've we've let in a howler. We're back in the game. Now we've got a toehold or foothold into the game. We've got a chance. We're at home. Um, and it was a nicely worked goal. And, um, you know, you're thinking then, well, maybe, maybe, you know, we're onto something here. But, of course, as is always the way, we, you know, we, we find ways to uh, self-destruct. And uh, I was thinking earlier about, you know, the start of the game we were talking about. We, Maybe we should. Uh, I think Scotty's almost got to assume that we're playing Leeds every game, and I'm and I'm saying that. But I'm saying that in terms of the high press, right? This is what Leeds are very very good at. And if exactly. Team, if, let's assume that Leicester will do it, Liverpool will do it. So every team that we play going to do that, and therefore we know. Okay, that first ten minutes we really have to keep it tight because they're not going to let us. They're not going to sit back and let us play. And I think if we can learn from that, um, hopefully it means that the second time we play these teams. Uh, we'll get something out of it. We've not won up at Goodison Park since what 1959 or something ridiculous like that. So we have That's to. A good point, Giannis, because they'll be prepared better the second time around. One it's how thing. they respond the second time around. And I agree with you. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned this, Emilio. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Go in with the attitude. I I, I like what Giannis is saying that, that teams are going to press us because they see a weakness. So keep on drilling this situation. Because like you said, he's not going to change Parker. He wants to play this way. They just need to do a better job in decision-making. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it's all about, this is all, this is very much drilled into the way Scott Parker wants to play. And this is his philosophy. I think at the end of the day, it's something fundamental needs to change on Scott Parker. If he doesn't believe in these players to be able to play from the back, pass from the back, then he needs to change that pretty damn quick. But, we saw that in the, in the championship last season, even when we were struggling and going through a dip in form, he didn't change. His tactics were very much consistent. Yep. He, he's believing, he's just well, he's well drilling his team players. This is the way we play, pass it from the back. How many times did you see Ariola kick the ball upfield? Even when you're trying to chase the game. Right. How many, how many, how many, long, how many punts up the field did he do? None, if I can recall. I don't remember. Game, even at 3 yeah. 2 down, when there's an opportunity to get an equaliser, still playing it from the back, passing it from the back. So it's, this is the way we're going to have to play. It's just that we need to be tighter, less generous when it comes to giving away possession and, and eradicate those those basic errors. But aside from this game, we have been making less mistakes. Let's look at our record in the last six, seven games when these new guys came into defence. 
who've looked tighter, looked better shape, able looking look more creative, dynamic, and more of and trying to cover opportunities. We're still lacking quality in key areas of the pitch, but this is a journey. You know, it's you know yep. we we were always going to struggle in this division. Let's be honest. If anyone thought we were going to you know survive in this division comfortably, need to head the heads examining. <laughs> we said it as soon as we got promoted on that Tuesday night. At I, Wembley, know. I remember. Said, I wasn't celebrating because I was worried about the Premier League. So this is a reality. It's a, t- it's a tough division. Yep. We just need to keep fighting, keep believing, and keep supporting the players. But for me, it's that's a brand of football he plays. Isn't it? He's going to change it. It's an indictment of his philosophy, which means it's, it's, it's failing. So I don't see it changing. Neither do I. They just need to be handling it better, like you said. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they just going to have to be drilled how to handle this better, and it's going to come down to decision-making, like Rob Wilson said on full-time. Rob just talked about decision-making. But Giannis, I just got this comment, and I want to go back to it because Emilio was talking about this. When you look how Everton played and how effortless it looks like how they create opportunities, Fulham's opportunities aren't effortless. And uh, so I I want to share this comment from June Lee. We're too reliant on individual skill for our goals. Our first goal showed that. Brilliant skill by Kearney and Bobby. It's actually a good point because we were just talking about crosses in the box, creating more opportunities. When you look how Everton created their opportunities, it really was a lot easier than when Fulham did. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I don't think there are enough combinations in, a th- in third and fourth zones for me. And um, even if you look last year, the number of really, really good goals we scored and the world is let's forget let's not forget a couple from uh, our old friend Harry Artler last year yeah um we've just got to i mean defenses are smart the bigger the stronger the smarter i mean you could look at Leicester coming up on saturday and say well we're up against a 35 year old and Johnny Evans mm. he's one of the smartest center backs in the game yeah so you've got to do something a little different right um i want to see more movement off the ball and this is where someone like Caballero really does does nothing for me because Decadova Dovery is, is like the energizer bunny and he'll move into pockets of space. Was Caballero for me doesn't do it. Right. And the way we're going to unlock teams is by much better movement from the midfield moving forward. And we, we missed Anguisa to start the game. I, I totally agree with that. Huge loss. Emilio said that earlier in the show. I totally oh, yeah. agree with that. And there's no disrespect to Reed either because I thought Reed had a decent game. But yeah, it's... It's the we, we're getting. But he you can't know, do we, what Ngisa can do. No, no, you can't do it. And um, I think that um, it worries me a little bit. We've not really been hit by the injury bug as yet. As yet, um, when we're looking at the transfer window in January, um, the powers that are going to have to look at uh, still another striker. Oh, I think we need someone I think that's... Better. Number one. And by the way, I don't. I don't mean to offend any Watford fans out there that might be listening to this. There probably won't be any. But why did Troy Deeney open his gob up about? I saw that. Penalties? Like, shut up, Troy. I saw stay that. In, you're in the championship. Stay there. Shut up and stay in your lane. <laughs> like, I, it really it pissed me off. Everybody knows we're going through a rough patch. I get yep. it. But he's now he's 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 going off on the thing. You, you're not even starting for your club, and you're playing in the championship. So. <laughs> Just, just be quiet and put on your yellow, red, black, whatever the hell that shirt is. Absolutely a monstrosity to humanity. So. Okay, very good there, my friend. Let's now, unfortunately, talk about the second Everton goal. I'll give you the honors here, because again, we're we're talking about the opportunities that they're creating, but just our 
defending is just horrendous here. Let's talk about this goal. Brilliant cross by Luca Dean. It was Dakura that came in. I don't know what was going to... If you look at the gap between Adebayo and Anderson, it's not there. We're not We're not tracking back. Um, give Dini credit for the cross. It, it, it's spot on. I'd even maybe... i possibly look at Ariola and say maybe he could have come off his line and read the cross. Maybe, but but we just looked all at sixes and sevens, and that's the problem. Defensively, we look we look suspect. Yep, there we shouldn't be beating beaten by crosses, and it's something that Scotty's is going to have to look at because against a team that can really attack you in the wings, and you've got the overlapping fullbacks, we're going to come a cropper because we've got. We to play Man City. Mm, yeah, yeah, but you see that the, the the weirdness of this division is such that. What happens? We go out and get a point at, at uh, the King Power on Saturday. I mean, I, I mean, Palace yesterday against Burnley looked without Zahar looked like a dog without a bone. Mm. They looked they ran. Well, shows how, how reliant they are on him. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. That that is the one that he's the most one person team in the Premier League. Without without him, they are a very very ordinary team. Yep, and, totally. Uh, but it, all of a sudden it was two one, and uh, credit on the creation of the goal. But again, we've been we're all over the shop, and we've not tracked back, and there's a gap between the centre backs, and now we're chasing the game again. Right, totally agree. Okay, Melio, let's talk about the third goal because again we're talking about crosses, and, and uh, you know I did mention Man City; it's obviously a different style, but we're talking about how you're just defending, and this was easy. This goal was easy from Ducari, and, and again it's. Uh, Terrible defending from Fulham. How was he so wide open here, Emilio? Yeah, and a lot of it. Look at the build-up play. That's what we said before. Too easy. Forget you know getting too much space down the you know down the flanks, but also the lead-up. Where's our, where's our where's our tackling midfield? Where's the strength of Anguissa, for example? I think that would have some of those goals might have been less easier to gift if we had a bit more quality and depth in the midfield. We said it before the game. The midfield would whoever dominates midfield will win the game. Unfortunately, we were too lightweight in that midfield. Yep. We didn't have any physical presence, any physical strength, and it was too easy. And he runs down the middle. There was passing the ball so so much space, so much time, and to you know, have you know to do many you know to be able to just count after five and, and to have you know find the moment to cross the ball in the box. There was no there was no, there was no defense. There was no tackling there. No pressure. It's, it's straightforward. It's basic school you know schoolboy errors. But for me, the midfield was. Not enough bite there. It was too totally easy. I agree. This is we really missed Angisa. Rodriguez, world class player. You know, they've got they've got two or three world class players in their team. So let's let's not let's not shy away from that. Sure, we could we couldn't cope with that because we had there's a big gulf between Harrison Reed and and basically the, you know our, our forwards. There was just a big gap there, big hole yep. in the field, and that was a problem. Too much time, too much space, too much respect to some extent, and you know. They've got the balls in the right box. They put three crosses, three goals. How many crosses do we get in the box? You know, many didn't even hit, get past the first man. That's a problem. That's a difference. Emilio, I'm glad that you brought this up. Do you think we gave him too much respect in that first half? Because, again, the response in the second half, and I, I keep going back to this video with Scott Parker. He just talked about how he basically just went at his team and, and just wanted them to basically get at, after them more. And yeah. – did they give them too much respect? I think they did. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they did. It's, but it's like I've said, we're not going to change our tactics. And that's you know the first goal that we scored. Same thing again. Is 
someone commented the fact that we're only going to score when we place, you know, good, you know, good skill, good passing is going to create. That's where our goals are going to come from. And that's exactly, that's a Scott Parker goal, the one we scored, the first one for Robbie Reed. Good link-up play, good passing, good movement, good finish. And again, we, we're we not playing one-dimensional one and lumping the ball up to Mitrovic. So we will have to cover opportunities and be patient. That's that's the way we play. Yep. No, I totally agree. All right, guys, let's switch to the second half and we're going to analyze the second half. And um, again, Fulham looked like a different side in the second half, but we have to just start right where everyone probably thinks we're going to go. And uh, Giannis, I'm going to give you the honors on this. Let's talk about the penalty miss <laughs> again. I we talked about this on full time. I don't know how much more we can really add to it, but I'm sure you will find a way to add to how dreadful Fulham are taking penalties. The decision to have Cavallaro take it is an interesting one. And um, as Rob Wilson said, his body language, he could tell before he took it that he was going to miss, basically, that, it, that he was going to sky it. and that's uh, Or he was going to basically fall, and he did. He slipped. So your thoughts on the penalty miss? Well, it's two weeks Two weeks since the Lookman uh, extravaganza, and I took more stick than I've done in every single show I've ever been on put together. Um, and obviously, Mitra missed the penalty against Scotland. Yep. And the penalty is called. And by the way, let's let's give enormous credit to Loftus Cheek. I mean, yes, the brilliant piece, of, brilliant, just brilliant. That little shimmy shammy sold it, sold him the dummy. Down he goes. Loved it. I'd have got. I'd have. I'd have liked Loftus Cheek to take it right now. Uh, I said after the game, Billy the Badger should be a contender. <laughs> but Calvin, you're a step up, and you just know it's. You just know it's going to go south. You just. It's just. There's, and he's. He's slept. He's done a John Terry. Can't believe we're mentioning John Terry. He's done a John Terry. It's been a long time since we mentioned John Terry on the show. Yeah. Um, I would uh, right now. It's so bad. I'd let Ariola take it. I think at least goalkeepers. <laughs> at least goalkeepers know where to. You know, to, I mean, he'll, he'll know where. I mean, he'll smash it through his head or something like that. But when that when that didn't go in, that just you just because if you look at if you watch the videotape, take a look. Just take a look at Mitra's reaction. Yep. After he misses it, it it's classic. It's yeah. still like, oh god. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, it's, it's terrible. It's like, and, and it's like, uh, and I don't play golf, um, but when um, I remember, it reminds me of many, many years ago, there was a, a, an Australian that won the British Open, Ian Baker Finch. Yes. And Ian Baker Finch tattered to be, you know, fantastic along the Greg Norman lines, and then he got an attack of the yips. And, and he couldn't putt. He couldn't putt for love or luck. He couldn't do it. And... Um, his career, his career never recovered, and it's a little bit like that. We're going through this 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 period where nobody. It's like, don't give us the penalty. <laughs> We'd rather not take the penalty because everybody's looking at each other and going, "Well, who's going to take the penalty?" Personally, I'd actually give it to Ariola because I think the goalkeepers goalkeepers probably because of the way they strike the ball. No. Um, it's not like the old style keepers. You know, they do know how to part. If they can knock a ball 50, 60 yards, they can knock it twelve. Um, until Mitra can get his confidence back, whatever that's going to take. Um, he then... needs counselling. Get Mitrovic some counselling, for goodness sake. Yeah, he then, needs help. Yeah. He needs help. When his confidence is back to the way it needs to be, 
those penalties will be in the back of the net. It's I agree. It's a good point. Being yeah. a striker is about confidence. You start yeah. missing opportunities. Yeah, he's you lacking start, confidence oh, altogether right now. His confidence is, is rock bottom. Go and get him some counseling. Give him some advice. He should be our primary number one penalty. Absolutely. Take. It no, shouldn't no. even be a question. It should so be Mitro. Out there, goalkeeping, go, the, go and get the coach who can give him counseling and give him some advice. So he should be our primary penalty taker. Right. On his day, he's a starting 11 player. He needs to take penalties. He needs to man up and get the counseling. But the club needs to help him here. So yeah, I'm, and you're right. I'm not going to disagree with you. And, yeah, and honestly, you're paying him to score goals. And yeah, here's a sure. prime situation yeah. where he can score a goal. So I you know totally agree. Stop. Look at the Huddersfield game a couple of years ago. Kamara yep. screwed up. Who had the balls to take the penalty? You know, basically, basically, at the end of the day, you know, Mitrovic is there. He's a primary penalty taker. He needs to be taken back. And, and Tom Kenny should be back up. And if right. Tom Kenny was still on the pitch. Right, Tom Kenny yeah, should be back up. I agree with that too. Chris Davidson, I know he'll be listening here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's going to comment on this. He shouldn't have been taken off. He would have probably taken the penalty and probably scored. Yes. I yes. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, Tony Khan got on the phone to Scotty and said, look, um, you need to get someone in. You need to get someone in to, to just, mm-hmm. just to support the players here because yeah. this is a, this is a, a mind block. Yeah. Right it's terrible. And, um, and, the, and it's, it's costing the, players. It's the costing team. Them. It's costing yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, these are situations where they should be scoring. And uh, I know that Danny Murphy has been very uh, open on the subject. And I will just say that Danny Murphy was fantastic at taking penalties. So if Danny Murphy's giving advice, I would take it from Danny Murphy because he knows, he knows how to take a penalty. So uh, mind you, Danny, Danny, Danny Murphy's got to remember the game up at uh, main road, um, the equalizing goal against Man City. He did miss the penalty. He missed the penalty. Joe Hart saved it and he, and he had to follow up and score it. He did though. Anyone can miss penalty. Anyone can miss penalties. Right, no one's gonna, no one's infallible. No one's infallible. No, no, I totally agree. They need help. The, the players need help, and okay. um, and it's very different from missing a penalty. And I know we've gone through this. It's different from you know missing a penalty and trying something cheeky and, and being found out, or yep. or even this case slipping. I mean, holy cow! But look at Caballero's positioning. I think. Yeah, Ben did by giving Johnny Wilkinson some respect. It did yeah, Owen Powell. Yeah, like Owen Powell. Yeah, Owen Powell was about to take a kick. It would remind me of that. It's yeah. my yeah. Way when I saw that comment. It's just general position. His, his angle was completely wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it was absolutely wrong. to put that ball if he had connected. So again, you're giving the the goalkeeper a good early indication of where you're going to where you're going to you're going to hit that ball. So for me, his body language was completely wrong, which for me suggested. Mitrovic not on the pitch. Tom wasn't on the pitch. Well, who's your natural goal? Who's your natural penalty taker? Lookman missed a couple of weeks ago. Oh, fourth on the list is at Cavallero. He clearly didn't have the confidence to want to take the penalty, but he had no choice because all the other all the other normal penalty takers, for a better word, were not one on the pitch. Right. That's yeah. a good point, guys. Yeah. Emilio, I want to go right back to you because again, the response to after that obviously is very good. And you have the goal from Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And we're going to be talking about him in a little bit because I want to talk about – you already talked about the uh, substitution decisions. And I would definitely want to talk about that in just a bit right after we talk about the goal. Okay, so thoughts on Fulham getting right back in the match with this goal? Again, it's well-deserved because Loftus-Cheek made a, made a significant impact as soon as he came Absolutely. Yeah, he looked hungry. He got in the right positions, good touches, good movement, and he, you know, he won the penalty. 
um, and, and deserved his goal. He just made he made a difference. He gave us that physical presence and that quality that we were missing, to be honest. And I think overall, it was good movement down on, down the right. Lookman, this was interesting as well. Lookman, very quiet game. As soon as we made those tactical changes, he was a different player. He came he to life. Him. He was he was challenging his fullback, yes. beating him, and look, that, that is a, he created the second he created that second goal for us. Absolutely. And so overall, Loftus Cheek, I think Yanis, you made a point. He can get himself into the right positions. He, he can be that nuisance. His physical presence. If he can stay fit, he's got to be a starting natural starting player for us week in week out. Right, and we're gonna, just going to talk about that in a second. But Emilio. You already talked about this. And, Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this. And, and Rob mentioned this on full time. Mm-hmm. The decision to take off Tom Kearney to bring on Loftus-Cheek. Again, I'm, we're, I'm glad that he brought on Loftus-Cheek. But he ends up taking off Kearney. And he took off Lamina later uh, for Ngisa. So I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you, the substitution, and I spelled substitution wrong decisions. There's a Goldman for you. So what are your thoughts about the substitution decisions? And should Kearney have come off? I don't think Kearney should have come off. Can they coexist? We're going to talk about playing Loftus-Cheek and Kearney together. Can it work? But what are your thoughts about taking Kearney off and Lamina coming on or going off late and Nguisa coming on late? I thought, I thought, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Scotty's biggest fan. I think he got lucky here. I think he got lucky because if you look at Loftus-Cheek, he's not played well. He's not played well when he started. He's looked a little short of fitness. He's looked really short of confidence. And, in, and maybe that two-week international break allowed him to get in the swing of things because this sort of form we hadn't seen before. I think, I think he rolled the dice big time and won. I think I wouldn't have subbed Kearney. I'd have kept him on. In the same way as against okay. Sheffield United, I thought Lamina had a very good game, but then had a, had a knock. And then we missed him last last week. We missed Lamina against West Ham. So um, I think he rolled the dice and he got a slice of fortune. And he'd probably say, look, I deserve it with all the rubbish I have to put up with here. Um, I, would, I would need to see more of Loftus-Cheek because this was his best spell, a cameo, in a Fulham shirt. Um, but he's now going to need to be consistent because I thought Lamina did okay before, and Giza has to be in there. It's Absolutely. not like Kearney didn't hasn't played well. He set up the first goal, so we need to see more of him. Um, I would not have made that because I'm based on the previous form of Loftus Cheek. I would not have made that substitution, but as it worked out, it worked out. Okay, very good. All right, let's talk about this now, and I've, we've had some comments on this as well because again, we're talking about situations in the match. So I want to ask you, Emilio, can Kearney and Loftus-Cheek play together in central midfield? Because I don't want to see Loftus-Cheek out out wide because I don't think it works. He is a classic 10. I I think that's where his strength is. That's also the position of Kearney. Rob said that he believes that they both can play together and that Kearney could play a slightly deeper role. And Chris, I know you're listening. Chris, I, I, I know thinks that that's not such a good idea. Our friend Chris Davidson in, in Spain. What are your thoughts on this? Because can they coexist? Can they work? Because I think Nguisa needs to be involved as well. They have, Scott Parker has a lot of decisions to make. So I'm asking you, what are your thoughts about Loftus-Cheek and Kearney playing together? Can it work? Then the question that springs to mind is who, who doesn't play, for example. You know, it's 
who's who's going to be surplus to requirements? You know, Harrison Reed didn't have. I don't think he had necessarily his best game of the weekend. I thought he was a lot of running, but he didn't really get getting key tackles for me. I think normally he's more involved, presses harder. But again, he was playing against better quality of the opposition, and that's why I think I thought Harrison Reed struggled on on Sunday. Could Anguisa play in a more a more defensive midfield role? So again, take Harrison Reed out of the equation. So allow allowing Tom and Loftus Cheek to play together. But to be honest, on paper, they're arguably two of our better players, Tom and Loftus Cheek. You can't we haven't got the ability to afford luxury players to be on the bench. So for me, Loftus Cheek and Kenny, we've got to find a system to let them both play. And Tom has been playing well in recent games. Yes. I was surprised he was taken off. You know, I thought he was he was involved in the game, looked lively. Coming forward, passing the ball nicely, but then I think he looked surprised as we were when he was substituted. Yeah, absolutely. Lamina was on the pitch for that length of time is beyond me. How the how the hell did he last nine minutes, let alone sixty nine minutes? Lamina had a shocker on on Sunday, and for me, I have no confidence in him. I've not seen any good performance from him all season. You know, he needs to be sent back to the St Marys, and they can have him back. He's been very he's been poor this season. You know, very very poor. You know, I don't, I'm surprised he lasted the whole 70 minutes of the game on Sunday. For me, I think Tom and Loftus-Cheek, to answer your question, can can work together. But I think you've got to probably have to compromise Harrison Reed and put okay. him in a more holding position. Okay, I'm going to share this comment. This is from Mitchell Williams. Obviously, TC can't play as a deep midfielder, needs to play further forward. However, does Ruben Loftus-Cheek's no. performance warrant a start for him? And so where does TC get dropped? And again, this is the whole situation that we're talking about. Yeah, so I want to get your thoughts on this because, again, and, and I want to give credit to the Fulmish podcast. They were talking about it as well, but we also talked about it on full time. Is it possible for these two players to play together and be effective? I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm not sure the answer to that one. I, I, I think the only way it's going gonna, it's gonna to work is obviously if he's going to try them out. And if you look at the next three games, Leicester, Liverpool, City, if we go into those games under the premise that we're going to get nothing out of it, this these are the games where the, he yeah. might want to experiment anyway. Um, okay. And then you then to me, Angisa has to be in there. That's absolutely. That's, they missed him terribly, and Emilio said that at the beginning of the yeah. show. And I don't know if he was, you know, again being rested or what, but they really missed him against this team. And and you and I know uh, Rob mentioned Emilio that. He didn't have uh, the best of game, but he makes a difference even just being in there, Amelia. Big time. And and if you take so if you've Angus as you're given, and you have and you want to have Kenny in there, and I've been one of Kenny's uh, biggest uh, critics, but he's played well recently, so I've got no complaints about it. Then the then you know Harrison Reed is Harrison Reed, Reed the make weight. You always know what you're going to get with him, right? So then, does he look? Is he looking at Lamina? Is he looking at Loftus Cheek? Loftus Cheek needs to show more what he did against Everton. Scotty's got to say, okay, is that the teaser of what's to come, or is that just going to be the oddity? And if he's, if it's going to be the former, then he may well have to play him at the weekend or find a way to put him in the lineup. Um, to see if this is, you know, it's the old will the real Ruben Loftus Cheek sure. step up. If it is that, then I think they can. But the only way he's going to do that is if he can experiment in the next three games. And I, and in these games, I think because we've got nothing to lose, 
Might as well see what see what what we can do because again we've got much bigger games that are going to be coming up against as Amelia said the teams around us, and if this can work as a partnership, um, the way to test it out will be against the top teams. Okay, I'm going to share this comment. This is, goes back to our comment about Joe Bryan. Emilio, your thoughts on this? Lookman playing on the right and Bryan on the left going forward, either side of Mitrovic. Is that something that could work against certain opponents? What are your thoughts on that? I think so. It's a, I wouldn't see that as a regular. Um, you know, I think it has to be tactical depending on your position. I, don't think, I think it's Bryan's crossing a lot more effective than um, Robinson's. That was quite clear from... From you know, from Sunday's performance, Robinson defensively a lot stronger, but Joe Bryan's got a better left foot, hasn't he? So how many goals? Yeah, he does. Last season, from from good pinpoint crosses, so it's possible. But I wouldn't be that. That wouldn't be a regular starting lineup for me. Having Joe Bryan and and Robinson in the same starting eleven to me. Okay, very good. All right, guys, let's just finish up with final thoughts and wrap this up. So, Emilio, I'll go to you first. But I'll just share my thoughts on this. You know, and again, it's been a few days since the match. And this has all been building to me. And we've already been talking about it on the show. I'm not devastated on the loss. I'm not. I'm not devastated. And, uh, you know, West Ham was a little bit different because of the situation. But I see a team improving. And uh, I just see these are baby steps to get into where we want to be. I didn't see this two seasons ago. I didn't see something building. I see it building under Parker. Now, you and I are on the same wavelength on this. Neither one of us wanted him as the full manager when he was hired, you know, uh, full-time. We, 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 we both didn't, but he's our manager, and I want him to have as much of an opportunity to succeed. That's where I'm going on that. So, again, um, what, are your, you know, what are your thoughts coming out of this match? Yeah, more competitive. You know, we showed sight. You know, at times we had we dominated the game. In the second half, you could argue Everton took the foot off the gas somewhat, but I thought we 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 played well in that second half. We competed well against Everton. There was a 10-50 minute spell in the first half that we were on top or at least matched Everton when we equalised. Don't forget, we probably reached could have done better with the first chance before we scored his goal. But Everton were dominant in that. You know, when when they scored that second, they had a goal ruled out for offside. Ariola made some crucial saves, to be honest. So it's the score was kept down, you know, mainly because of Everton's poor finishing at times or Ariola's good saves that he made. But at the end of the day, like you said, two years ago, we would, have, we would have been hammered in that game. But we showed enough resilience, enough courage to come out in the second half and give them a bit of a run for their money. Had we scored a penalty, who knows, it might have been different, albeit we did score a few minutes later. But again... We didn't. We didn't have enough quality to carve out clear-cut chances. That, that that's still the worry for me. You might have possession. You might have good build-up play. There's not enough good quality balls in the box. We're not. Our striker isn't in form. Where are the goals going to come from if it's not from nice good link-up play? Bobby Reid just said, "I'm not. I'm not his biggest fan." But you know, he he works hard. He's not. He's not the most elegant of players. He's not the most skillful of players. But he's got. He's got. A, he's got. A, what two or three goals now for us? And you know, good finish on Sunday. But. Is he good enough to be playing week in, week out? When all the players are in form, I don't see Bobby Reed being a starting eleven player. That's the thing. He's 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 making up for numbers because we haven't got enough players on the pitch. But he works hard, but he's not got enough in his qualities. He's, you know, yeah, I've said it on so on Sunday. He's an average player to say the least. But if he's getting goals, he's playing well for the team, then so be it. But for me, there's there's positives here. But 
the only worry I have is like Yannick said, we haven't had many injuries, but we're not having luck either. If the luck turns, Mitrovic starts to bang a hat-trick against Brighton in, in a few week games' time, things will change. But if we don't start picking up points against those teams, then Tony Khan, get your checkbook out in January or else. <laughs> okay. Your final thoughts there, Giannis? I think this division is hard enough without having to carry a two-legged horse on, in your starting eleven. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, Cavier is a two-legged horse. It's it, it, it's not doing us any favours. It's not doing us any good. Um, and it annoys me now that he's in the lineup. So, Scotty, if you're watching this, mate, get rid of him. Send him back to Wolves. Send the, the, the horse back to the Wolves. But maybe it was tactical. Um, I think it was tactical, but to Scott's point, Mitrovic, yeah. off-colour, maybe needed a rest. Kamara st- still suspended. So, you know, I think there was reasons why Cavalera played. Yeah. If it wasn't an international line, the international break, he wouldn't have started. And if Kamara wasn't suspended, I'd argue that Kamara would have been ahead in the pecking order of starting that game. So I'm just thinking Cavalera was there. So I don't think there was any alternative option, not through choice. I put a doy there. <laughs> Unless you get, the thing about Reed, the thing about Decadova Reed is, 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 is yeah. his energy levels are good and he works very, yep. very, very hard. And that, and, and that to me, he puts on the shirt and he wears the shirt and he puts sure. it in and he puts that shift in and I'm good with that. When I see, yeah. again, if you go back to look at that third goal and you look at the supposed challenge of Caballero where you actually, he goes in and then he literally stops on the spot. I'm not interested in players like that. It doesn't, it doesn't do us any good. Um, our squad isn't very deep as, as it is. Right. So we need starters that are at least going to give us a chance of getting something. Mm-hmm. Caballero, honestly, um, just I'm I'm, he, I'm he's in my absolute doghouse. Except a dog would have more use because at least he'd have four legs and he'd run around. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna. And it's not because of the penalty list. It's not. Sure. It's not the penalty miss. It's just he's, he's a passenger. He we is can't totally pass- a passenger. I couldn't we, agree more. We can't afford passenders. We, no. If you want passengers, not any- we go to a bus. Uh, bus station. So um, no, uh, no. Just I don't want to see him in the eleven again. Um, Leicester's going to be an interesting game. They've just come yep. off a three nothing defeat, and I, I think we could get something out of it. We'll, we'll, let's let's see. Let, okay. Let's see. But Ariola to take the next penalty. I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Before we go, I'm just going to share some comments because you guys know I'm very mm-hmm. optimistic, and I understand some of these comments. Okay. This is from Des Lynch. Only 38 games, and I think we'll run out, out of road. Sorry for pessimism. Des, I certainly understand that. Definitely understand that. And here's the other one from Stefan. Are we better than three teams in the Premier League? Not yet, it seems. Not yet. But I think in the end we will be. But we'll see if I'm right. And I hope I'm right. But I understand, you know, the pessimism. I certainly do. I'm just an optimistic person, and I see signs. And we'll see if my signs turn into results. Right now, they're not really turning into results, but we shall see. Anyways, great show from the two of you, but let's wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell and Yashines, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.